Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller, and I'm here with T.J. Jones. You were missed last week. Um, We were talking last week uh, about the good fight of faith, and that's a very big subject, so we're going to continue there, and then the Lord want me to go into a a certain direction after we kind Mm -hmm. of review that. So welcome back, Cheryl. No, thank you. I missed you. I, I'm, we missed you too. I know people didn't want to just hear me. <laughs> if they wanted to just hear me, they'd go to my YouTube channel and listen to just me, but I'm pretty sure they didn't want to hear just me. But we were talking about the good fight of faith last week, and I did tell them at the end of the um, podcast that you were on a faith adventure of your very own, and that's why you weren't with us. But you're back. You're back. Yeah. Yep. Amen. So. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6.12. Let's start there. Okay. All right. So 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, um, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called. And have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Read it in yours, please. It says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. I wanted to check the Young's literal. I remember that this Bible doesn't have, I always have trouble with this Bible, so I need to go to the other one for that, for the Young's Literal. It's supposed to be on there, but for some reason it isn't. So hang on a second here. Because I want to read the Young's Literal and see what it's going to Oh, do you? Okay. 612, read read, um, 1 Timothy 612. Okay. It says, be striving the good strife of the faith. Be laying hold on the life age during to which also thou wast called, and this profess the right profession before many witnesses. We need to read that again we have, because that's a mouthful. Well, it's, you have to remember that's what the one thing about the Young's Literal that we I have to remember when I'm reading it too is it's not it's the syntax it's not the English the way English normally is because yeah. it is because it is. Um, the literal translation, it doesn't read exactly like regular English does. So that's okay. that's where sometimes you can get caught up in it. Go ahead. I'll read it again. It says, be striving the good strife of the faith, be laying hold of the life age during to which also thou wast called, and disprofess the right profession before many witnesses. You know, strife is... is gaining superior superiority over another but in this case striving for the the good strife is gaining superior superiority over the darkness Mm. because strife is is always when two people are in strife is they're always trying to gain the the upper hand over the other right yeah and this is the good strife well if it's a if it's a good fight or a good strife that means you always win yeah. Otherwise, why would it be good? Right. 
and it says laying hold on the on the life age during to which you were also called and did profess the right profession before many witnesses. Now, it the Lord quickened me to a scripture in Hebrews 12. Give me a moment. Verse one, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, there's the witnesses again. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That cloud of witnesses is in heaven watching every single thing that goes on with us. That's right. They are cheering us on. In the Young's Literal, it says, therefore, we also, having so great a cloud of witnesses set around us, every weight having put off, and the closely besetting sin, through endurance, may we run the contest that is set before us. It is a contest. We're, we are destined to win. We can't lose because we're, we're doing this. When we fight the fight of faith, we're doing this with the anointing of God and the word of God, and we can't possibly lose. Right. But it is definitely a contest mm -hmm. because the enemy is a very, very persistent, very persistent. And he will not let go if he, he hates losing ground. We've talked right. about this before, but it bears repeating. The reason that he hates losing ground so much is because he's a creature of pride. Yeah. And he does not want all of heaven all of hell, every person that, that is agreeing with you, every person that hates you and doesn't want you to succeed, he doesn't want all of them to see that God is faithful. Right. He doesn't want them to see that he doesn't have the power that he professes to have. Well, that's true. He doesn't. You know, First Peter 5 says that he's as a roaring lion. doesn't say he is. And he's, a, and he's a very poor lion. I heard this from Jerry Savelle because he's been in, he has ministry in Kenya and he's been out in the bush with the, with the wildlife. A, a lion only roars after the kill. Oh. After he's, he has had victory, after he's gained the upper hand. However, our adversary roars ahead of time trying to scare you, me, and everybody else into giving up. Right. He's, and then, like Jerry said, he's not even a proper lion. That's right. Because a proper lion does that after the kill, not before. Yeah. Wow. And something I didn't cover last week, when... Being by myself, I didn't have the back and forth that I have with you and the anointing that goes between us when we do this together. And it was it was very, very, I could very, very well, very much sense that, that I mean, there was still anointing, but it wasn't the same, not having you here with me. But First um, Peter 5... Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. 
What have, what have I been telling you as you've been going through your faith adventure? I've said that to you more than once. What have I said to you? Uh, stay alert. Stay vigilant. Correct. Because it, that's what that's what First Peter 5, 8 says. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't right. say he will. I made up my mind a long time ago when I started learning this stuff that he may not devour me. Yeah, yeah. He may devour somebody else, but he may not devour me. I'm not letting him. Amen. Can you read? I know I skipped over to First Peter 5, but can you read Hebrews 12.1 in yours, please? Sure. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily tri trips us up. And let us run, the in run with endurance the race God has set before us. And, you know, the sin that so easily besets us is what the way it says in the King James. It's because the enemy is always tempting us to fall. He's mm -hmm. always looking for an inroad. If he can get an inroad into someone's life, they can think they're still walking in the anointing of God, and there's no power when they go to use their faith. Yeah. I told you that story about a friend of mine who ended up getting divorced and getting in, getting in, meeting a guy that just was not good for her and started getting into drugs. And then she had a situation where she said, in the name of Jesus, it was a little girl that she would come to somebody's house and this little girl was in trouble. And she said, in the name of Jesus, devil, stop. And she's like, I, she told me about it. She says, I see, I still have it. No, it was the name of Jesus and the grace of God that caused that deliverance for that little girl at that moment. Uh -huh. Because God is gracious. He's not, he's not going to let somebody suffer if somebody else is using the name of Jesus, but it wasn't because she was walking in, you know, a very strong anointing of God anymore. Yeah. Because she had gotten into sexual sin and she'd gotten into drugs and she'd gotten into alcohol and she just went off the deep end. Wow. I didn't, I didn't stay friends with her after that because I, I knew I couldn't. She yeah. was going to pull me back if I let her. Right. And I couldn't afford to do that. None of us can. That's true. And the thing of it is, is that he, he does that. And then the very thing that you fall into or I fall into because he tempts us, he then threatens to tell everybody or tries to embarrass us in front of other people, tries to make it find other people find out to try to get us to shut up and, and move out of the way and be quiet and leave him alone. Yeah, seen that happen. And yeah, I have too. And and over and over the in the last couple of weeks, I talk about what the devil and on my YouTube channel, I talked about what the devil's greatest fear is. And his greatest fear is someone who knows the word and knows how to wield their sword with precision. Exactly, because he has no defense against that. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. <laughs> Amen.
Praise God, this contest is not an equal contest. It's not fair. I'm, I used to say when I was a kid, I, it's not fair. My mother would say, life is not fair. Right. Well, if you're, if you're walking with God, it's not fair. The fight is not fair. It's, it's rigged. Right. In, in your favor. In my favor, I mean. Right. It is rigged. It's not fair. Well, I like that I have the advantage. Say that again? I said I like that I have the advantage. I do too. And I'm going to make the most of it. That's right. I'm not going to let some wimpy, wormy loser who lost his place in heaven and lost everything and is condemned to spend all of eternity in darkness, I'm going to let him run my life. Yeah. I hear you. Amen. I have a choice. We all have a choice. And I, and I, I do what Deuteronomy 31 says. I choose life. Yeah, 30 or 31, where, where God says, you know, I'll give you heaven. I call heaven and earth to, to record this day against you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to misquote it. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I think it's 3119 or something like 30, that. 3119, yes. 3019. It's 3019. That both you and your seed may live. Amen. We have to choose life. If we don't choose it, a choice will be made for us. Oh, yeah. That's true. And it won't be the one that and, we that has life with it, right? <laughs> exactly. It won't be life a life choice if it's made for us. We have to choose it ourselves. So now that we've given it some foundation, I told you where we we're going with this, but I didn't tell the podcast audience where we we're going with this. I want to spend some time talking about the devil's strategy, which is the counterattack. Mm -hmm. You've seen it. If you think about it, you've seen it in church all your life, and I have too. Yeah. People get, they're believing God for, Sally Sue is believing God for her her son who gets all D's to get to get better grades. Okay. And so she prays and she uses the word and she stands on the word and she uses you know um, Daniel one twenty that he is, he's ten times better than anyone else and she quotes it and her son goes from D's to C C plus and she goes oh praise God praise God he's now at a C plus. She's, she thinks she's finished because in her mind, him going from D to C plus is a miracle. Uh -huh. So she puts her Bible away and says, praise the Lord, but it's done. Mm. And she spends a few days where she doesn't pray quite as heavily about it because he got a C plus. Right. And while she's looking at the natural, the devil's planning to counterattack. And then her son comes home with, with his report card. 
and he's got straight Bs and a couple of Fs. Uh, what happened? She didn't keep the pressure applied until he got straight A's. That's right. She quit using Daniel 120, that he's 10 times better than anyone else. She quit using that because in her mind, C plus was really good for him. Right. <laughs> What's she basing it on? His past performance, not on what God can do. Yeah. God's not looking for us to be slightly better than average. Oh, of course not. But in her mind, that was really good. Yeah. Now that's a simple example, but it happens all the time. Oh, definitely. I'm coming up with some, you know, examples in my own life from years, years back that, you know, you see a little bit of improvement and you think, oh, here we go. Now we're on the upward trajectory. Right. And then you just kind of, you know, put the Bible away and think, oh, I can take a breather now and start relaxing a little bit and let your guard down. But then the next thing you know, you get hammered again. <laughs> it happens all the time because you, you, you quit. Right. You know, you don't, maybe you don't see it as you quit. You, you may have been taking a vacation, but you, know, you and I were talking about this, I think via text message. I, I think it was text message where. Yeah, it was you know, today. Yeah. Where it says, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't take time off. Nope. He doesn't need to sleep. Uh -uh. He doesn't take vacation and he, doesn't, he hasn't retired. That's right. So even though we may feel like, hey, this is a good time to just, you know, take a breather. You know, he's not doing that. He's plotting. And he's planning. And he's setting you up for the biggest mm -hmm. wall up you've had in a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, because if you, if you let go of your, of your faith, you don't have anything that threatens him. Right. I remember that story that one of the ministers, the minister we worked for when we worked for the same ministry, mm -hmm. had prayed over this lady who had cancer. And God healed her miraculously, instantaneously of the cancer. And apparently she knew this, this minister personally. And over the years, next few years, they kind of lost track of each other. And then about 15 years after he initially had prayed for her and God had miraculously healed her, he gets a call from her one night. And she says, brother so-and-so, the cancer's come back. Hmm. And he says, well, go get your Bible. And it got real quiet in the background. He, she covered the phone, but in the, he could hear her say, where's my Does anybody know where my Bible is? She had no let way. go of the word so much she didn't even know where her Bible was. Oh my goodness. And she died of cancer not too long after that. Mm. Because the enemy came back. Well, one of the scriptures I gave you in this faith adventure you've been dealing with mm -hmm. was for Nahum 1 9. Now yeah. I have an opposite story with also involving cancer. When I worked for that same ministry, 
I got a call from a woman who was so excited. It took me a little bit to get her to calm down enough so I could find out why she was excited. And she had been with a partner of that ministry for many years, decades. And she called with a praise report. Well, you know, I'm sure you heard praise reports while you're there. And a lot of them are things like my dog was missing and now he's back, you know, which is wonderful. Praise God. But this one stuck out to me. I never forgot this particular one because she was so excited. She said, 27 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And she said, I pray, I stood on the word, God completely and total, 27 years ago, I'm, I'm bringing this up for a reason. I'm making sure you hear me. 27 years before she had had cancer and she was supposed, she was had cancer and it was very severe and she wasn't expected to live, but she stood on the word and got completely healed of cancer. But because she knew that God had healed her of cancer, she made up her mind that she was never going to have this again. So she used Nam 1-9 and she stood on Nam 1-9 every day for those 27 years. Right. And for those who don't know what Nam 1-9 is, I'm going to go there. What do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction will not rise up the second time. She stood on that for 27 years. And then she started getting, and I believe if, she, if I remember right, she was a nurse when she got the cancer. So she'd been standing on the word all those years. And then she, she noticed a lump in her leg. So she went to the doctor and the doctor says, we have to do a biopsy. We need to find out what this is. And they decided, they determined it was cancer. And she said, no, according to Nahum 1.9, what you imagine against the Lord, he'll make another end. Affliction will not rise up the second time. They said, yes, but we, this is cancer. We've, she says, no, what you imagine against the Lord, he'll make another end. Affliction will not rise up the second time. They said, but, but and she says, no. They said, well, okay, we want to, we want to do a. We want to go ahead and, and do a a scan, and we're going to do a test. And so, bring you need to come in, and we're going to do this. This take a, a sample of it to make sure. She says, "Okay, fine." So she goes in there, and the tech has the has the script the the whatever they ran the MR or whatever they ran to see the lump. And the tech is yeah. looking at it in the screen, trying to find it on her body so they can take the sample. And she, the tech is getting really frustrated. She isn't saying anything, but she's getting very frustrated with this woman. And she says, I don't understand. I don't under what is going on here? And she looks at the picture at the screen, then goes back to the person to that woman's leg, looks at the screen, looks at the feels around, probes around. And, uh, and she suddenly goes, ah. and the woman says, what is the problem? She says, I can't find it. <laughs> she says, I told you. Nam 1-9 says, what you imagine against the Lord, he'll make another end. Affliction will not rise up the second time. The lump had disappeared between the time they, they wanted to do the biopsy and the time that she came in the lump had completely disappeared. Wow. 
but she did not let go of that for 27 years. She was ready for the counterattack. Yeah. And she was so excited because she had just come out of that biopsy or that, you know, that test they were going to do that they couldn't find anything. She had just left and she called when she left. That's why she wow. was so excited. I remember that story, yeah. So there are two, those are two opposite things, two opposite stories involving cancer. One of them died and the other one is still alive today. Mm -hmm. The difference, the first one put her Bible aside and forgot all about the word of God. Yeah. The other one knew the word cannot fail. Wow, that's powerful. And this is why this is life or death. Life or, and death are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Right. Proverbs 18, 21. Yeah. This is why it's so important. What we put in our mouth is going to happen. And if we are mindful and keep the word of God in our mouth, that is what's going to happen. Because the devil has no defense against it. None. That's right. And you have people in your family that are just beginning to learn this, the, the rules of the, the laws of the spirit. Right. And I am so excited because you, didn't you ask the Lord to have somebody that you could, would be able to teach these things to? And remember I, I told you, didn't you, didn't you ask him that not too long ago? Yeah, I did. I, I sure and, did. Didn't, and didn't you, didn't I tell you at the time the optimum place to be in that when you're ministering to somebody else and teaching them something, the optimum position for you is to have somebody who knows more than you that you're gleaning from and somebody that doesn't know as much as you that you're passing it on to because that's where you grow the fastest. Yeah. I would say you're in the catbird seat. <laughs> well, I, I have to agree. <laughs> Right? Because you have actually two people that you're able to do that with now. Yeah. That you're able to it's share pretty, that. Pretty often, too. I mean, you know, watching, you know, one is just literally brand new Christian, literally. Um, letter to the Lord, December 1st. After years You'll of thinking that she had been a Christian for, you know, this whole time and had, right. you know, accepted Jesus as her Savior. You know, years ago, I I always believed that my entire life, but you always that assumed it, right? I assumed it, yeah, right. I assumed it because you know she was always very supportive of my um my faith walk and me going to church and serving the Lord and wanting to do that and talking about scripture and sharing Jesus, there was never any opposition from her on any of that. And to find out that she had never accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior, it, at the moment it floored me because I thought I, I didn't know that. Right. But, but, you know, to be able to lead her to the Lord that particular day was, I can't tell you, 
you know, the, the joy that I experienced through that because I thought, okay, this is, this is a, an awesome moment for me. It's an awesome moment for her. And I know mm-hmm. that all of heaven is rejoicing and it was, I can't, I, there, there are no words to really ex- to explain that experience for me. There, there no. is no, there are no words when it's something and it's a situation like that. I remember years and years ago, I was in a church and in, and I was visiting my parents and I was in a church in San Luis Obispo, California. And this woman was, was an Asian woman who had grown up Buddhist or I think Buddhist. I think that's what she said later, but they, they led her to the Lord during that mm-hmm. service. And I had never before or since heard that, heard what I heard. But as they, as she said the words and, and asked Jesus into her heart, I heard the, the, um, the choir, the heavenly choir. Wow. And I said, what is that, Lord? Because I was new to the things of this, you know, hearing in the spirit or seeing in the spirit. That was a new thing to, for me. I said, what is that, Lord? He says, all of heaven is rejoicing. We finally got the baby. We finally got her in. Wow. And it was a phenomenal. Both of us are, have been into music. It was a phenomenal um, chorus of voices. It just, it sounded wow. so melodious and so joyful. Yeah. Amazing. The sense I got was we have been waiting for her. <laughs> and the other one that you've been you've been talking to is somebody who's who has known the Lord mm-hmm. but is now getting into a deeper walk. Definitely. I've seen a lot of growth coming from her as well. So mm-hmm. Because there's a big difference between, you know, I remember when Jesse Duplantis talked about his trip to heaven and he said some people had gowns and some people had robes. And he asked whoever, the angel or whoever was with him, he says, what is it? I don't understand how some have gowns and some have robes. It's the, it's the gown of the the gown of salvation and the robe Mm -hmm. of righteousness. Oh yeah. Some only had the words were said and they got to heaven but they never grew. They never right. walked in that righteousness. Yeah. And God is great and gracious. I mean, he let them in, into heaven. He didn't say, well, you never walked in righteousness, so you don't belong here. No, he let them in. But they had to go to school to get caught up. Mm-hmm. think there's a lot of people that are going to be going to school when they get there oh probably so yeah i can see that Mm -hmm. never and this is for everybody listening never let go of the word there should always be a faith project in process i had somebody who's new to this that i spoke and got to minister to um, Thanksgiving, a day before Thanksgiving, actually. And the person oh, yeah. said to me, I don't have any, I have, don't have anything right now that I'm believing God for. I said, find something. 
if everything in your life is going that well, that you don't have a faith project, praise God, find somebody to believe with. That's right. You should always have something, faith, faith project in motion somewhere. Right. Because we should always because, be exercising that faith muscle, you know? Correct. Correct. And you will get, a lot of times I've found over the years, I, I have two things that I see I have seen happen multiple times over the years. One is saying to the Lord, Lord, as a favor to me, please take care of this for so-and-so. And those prayers get answered so quick because he's supposed to show favor. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I've seen happen is I believe God for something for someone else that, you know, it's, it's no, it wouldn't matter to me one way or the other. If I didn't even know the person, it wouldn't matter, but yet I'm believing with them and God will start revealing things that I didn't know to either help them or things that I can do for myself to, to sharpen my, my precision, make my precision with my sword better. All right. We're always on in class, we're always learning more. That's right. None of us know it all. Mm -mm. God forbid that, that you know anybody think that they know so much they don't need anybody else to tell them anything because that's that's a dangerous place to be. Uh huh. Man. But it's vital that people understand more Christians lose the fight of faith in the counterattack than they do anything else. Because they see a little bit of progress and they just back off. Right. I would not be where I am today. My children would not be where they are today had I dropped it. <clears throat> And there were times when, when they didn't appreciate me praying for them. I was even told to stop a couple of times over the years, early on. Right. I said, nope, you were born to me. It's your tough luck you were born to me because I'm not stopping. <laughs> That's exactly the way I said it. You yeah. can't make me stop. And they're, they're so glad now that I did that. And I'm glad that they, I did that because God went far beyond, you know, in the Amplified, in Ephesians 1, it says something that fits right in with this. Let's see if I can find it fast. I'm so grateful the Lord showed me how to do the podcast and, and be digging into other versions at the same time because, oh my goodness, <laughs> this has been such a blessing to not have to just go, well, I know there's a scripture somewhere and I couldn't find it, whatever. Um, in Ephesians 1, it says, um, no, it's Ephesians 3. I misquoted that. Verse 20. Now him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we 
dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church and in, and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and ever. Amen. So be it. He is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above and far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. That's one of my favorite scriptures. And when we do, when we stick with it, that's what we get. Some of the things that have happened in my life and it happened in my my children's lives, yeah. I would have never dreamed. I would have never thought possible. Because we are far more finite than he is. Right. That's right. And we, that's why, why he tells us, that, you know, to, we have to, our thoughts, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Isaiah 55, it says, you know, your thoughts are not my thoughts. That's why. Because we're not thinking high enough. Yeah. None of us are. Right. Would you have imagined that the person would did not know the Lord and you got to lead them to the Lord? No. Mm-hmm. And God let made sure you knew. You know, the over the years I've always thought I should ask that question but then I never did see with with the assumption that oh she probably that's already, already been done yeah right and I don't and want her to you had... go ahead yeah I didn't want to I thought I would say now nah, she probably already has but I, mean, I don't want to make her upset by asking her again mm-hmm. so that was pretty much why I never did but you know December the Lord 1st, wouldn't let, it, just... let it go the Lord would not yeah. let it go with you and and now that you're you're hearing him so much more clearly on December 1st you finally acted on it mm-hmm. and God so we're also to redeem that time. oh definitely we were also looking at a situation to where I thought, you know, it's it, it's imperative that I ask. I can't mm-hmm. afford to not do it. Not right. now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and like I like you said, you know, he just kept kind of pushing on me to do it, pushing and pushing and pushing. And I'm like, okay, 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 I get it. <laughs> I hear you, Lord. I would say urging. Yeah. He had me... He had me do something. He talked to me. Yeah, he talked to me about doing something, sowing a certain seed. And it was a, it was a very unusual request compared to how I normally sow seed. Mm-hmm. And I heard it several couple of months ago, but I kept thinking because it was at Christmas time, you need to do this. I'm like, okay. And then that was like three or four months ago. And then it would come up again. At Christmas time, you need to do this. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it, Lord. But I'm thinking it's Christmas is, you know, it's months away. Well, Thursday of this week, day before yesterday, 
um, the Lord would not let it go. He said, you need to do this. And I said, yeah, I told you I would. I'm, I'm going to do it. He said, go and ask so-and-so about this because I had, to, I, was, I had to figure out a way to do it because it was something unusual for me. Yeah. And so I said, okay. So I went and, and after work, I went and talked to the person I need to talk to and I, they weren't sure of the answer that I was asking. And they said, well, why don't you call this other, the company and ask? And I said, okay. So I did. And the Lord, and I got what I, the information I needed. And I said to the, the company, I said, well, I just, I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to do something for this person for Christmas. And normally that opportunity would be on a Friday that I would do that. And the Lord would not let it go. He says, it's not going to matter. One, one day earlier, it's not going to matter. So I know that sowing that seed was imperative to that person. I've never yeah. met them. I don't know what they look like. And the Lord showed me how to do it so that I would get to them. And once I, I said, okay, now I've done it. He said, name your seed. And I did. He said, okay, done. And then there was no more <laughs> prompting. You need to do this. Yeah. It had to be something that was very important to do at that time because he would not let me let go of it. Mm-hmm. He kept bringing it up all day. And I kept thinking Christmas is still two weeks away. But that was not, when he said Christmas time, I was thinking like right before Christmas. No, he wanted it done Thursday. Yeah. So we have, we have to listen. And he, when the Lord has us do stuff like that, he's setting something up. The devil sets things up and it's never going to turn out well. But when God sets it up, especially when it comes to things like asking someone if they're born again, if they want to accept the Lord or, um, you know, sowing a seed, it's always going to turn out well. Yeah. And we just have to follow what he says, because he always has our, our best interests at heart. That's right. Always. But walking by faith is, is a lifestyle. It's not a on again, off again. Okay, things are good. Put the Bible away and leave it alone. That's why if you have some Christians that you, I know you know, have known some because I have too. They had their life go really well for a while. And then all of a sudden everything falls apart. And then they have their life go well again, slowly it comes back and then it falls apart. A lot of times it's because those are the people that don't stay on the word. They only pull their Bible out when they have trouble. Yeah. And which is easier to build a firm foundation in your spirit with the word of God. So that it comes out your out of your mouth in an emergency like you dealt with last week. Or is it better to just put your Bible aside and then scramble to find the right words to say when that emergency pops up? Because I guarantee you the right words will not come out of your mouth if you have not been putting it in. Right. It will not. Yeah. You'll speak. You'll speak panic fear, death, something that's detrimental to the situation, whatever this, that situation is, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. You're right. There's this, um, let me find it real quick. Hang on. Gotta find where it is. 
Okay. You know, the Lord has a very specific way of talking to me sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he does very personal for all of us. Yeah. He'll put something in front of me constantly, you know, if, and I'll see it and I'll think, Oh, that's great. You know, and then I might not think about it again. And then next thing you know, I'm seeing it again and then I'm seeing it again and I'm seeing it over and over and over again, just about everywhere I look. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I get it. This is something that you want me to see. And right. something that pertains to me or my situation or somebody else's situation, but I need to know this. So anyway, um, that happened, you know, within the last couple of days and he put it right in front of me because of everything that we've been, I've been dealing with over the last week or so, you know, since December 1st, but is that eight days now? Mm-hmm. So he put it in front of me and I received this. I don't know what you call it. People call it a meme. Maybe it's a meme. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the definition of meme is, but whether it's supposed to be funny or or just something. But this is what it says. It says, if you don't fill your mouth with the word of God, the enemy will fill it with fear, anxiety, stress, worry, and temptation. So that's something that he kept putting in front of me. You know, you have to fill your mouth with the word of God. Right. You have to fill your mind with the word of God. You have to fill your heart with the word of God. You have to be filled with the word of God. Going because if you're not sponge. Yeah. Sponge if you're not doing thing. that. Exactly. You know. If you're not filling yourself with the word of God constantly. Then the enemy is going to find something else to fill it with. Or fill you up with. And it's going to be everything that, that you don't need. You don't, Who needs anxiety? Who wants anxiety? I don't. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want stress. I don't want worry. I don't want temptation. Those aren't the things that I want, you know, being filled in my life. But the enemy, that's what he's going to give you because that's what he's, that's what he's best at. That's what he's full of. That's, that's his, in a sense, his way of getting you off track and out of he the word needs- of God. He needs you to speak those things so that he has license. That's, That's right. That's why television, they're telling you the vision. They're giving you what to think. They're giving you how to think. And if that's what you, you put the word of God down and watch, te- and I like television, but I have to be very mindful of what I watch. Mm-hmm. But if you one of those people that's put the word away, Think about how this this situation you've been dealing with would have turned out if you had put the word away a long time ago and wouldn't do it. Yeah. Wouldn't put the word in. It would have been completely different. I would not have known what scriptures to use, you know, or you would not have. You wouldn't have known how to stand. Exactly. Wouldn't have and known. that's where we that's what we have that's what we're dealing with in the in the body of Christ right now is a bunch of spiritual babies that think they know and they don't know how to stand. Mm-hmm. They do not know what to do. Right. Seems like we're surrounded by those. I mean, I, I can, I can probably think of, you know, 20 off the top of my head that I know right now. Mm-hmm. That are like that. That are exactly like that. Mm-hmm. 
there are churches that are really social clubs with a church name. Well, you have to, you know, I was thinking about that the other day and thinking, you know, how people, a lot of people go to church just to be seen on Sundays and they go to church just to socialize and, you know, they want to make sure that, that everybody knows that they were, yeah, they want Business everybody to know that they were in church on Sunday. So I'm mm -hmm. living my good Christian life, but there's no power. Mm-mm. Church, there's no power in their lives. There's no power in anything that they do. There's no anointing. A form of godliness de denying the power thereof. Right. Sounds well, like I know a, a lot scripture, of huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of both. But I see that there's a lot of people who just don't, they don't get it. They don't understand. And when you try to tell them about it, you know, they become offended because, hey, I go to church. I'm a good Christian. Yeah. Well, Second Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what, when Kenneth Hagin. Have you ever read his little mini book, I Went to Hell? I've not read that one. In that, in that book, he goes to hell three times and gets closer to the fire and, and the brimstone each time he goes down. Mm, and he really? begins, the first time he, he starts headed down and he says, Lord, Lord, and the Lord takes him back. And the second time he goes down, he gets a little closer and he says, but Lord, Lord, I go to church. And, and the Lord says, you know, brings him back. The third time he goes to hell, he gets close enough to actually smell the fire and feel the, the heat. And he says, Jesus saved me. That's how he got saved. But he kept saying, but I belong to so-and-so church. You know, I, I go to church. Mm -hmm. And the, the Lord didn't say that's not enough, but that was what he figured out when the Lord kept letting him go further down closer to hell. Right. Because that's not going to help. Being a part of a church doesn't make you safe. Right. Right. And actually that scripture that I read to you, I'm going to, I want to look at it in context. So I went to second Timothy three. Starting in this, totally describes where we are in, in the world today, starting at verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men will be lover, lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers, despisers of those who are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Can you read that in the first five verses of Second Timothy 3, please? Yeah. That you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, 
scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. They will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Does that not describe the world we're living in right now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it does. And that, that in itself is definitely a reason to stay tuned into the word, stay hooked to the word. It's because God had you prepared that you were ready. Yeah. And the victory is yours. Amen. And the victory is your family's. That's right. Trusting in the okay. Lord. Trusting in the Lord with all your, and you know, like Psalm 112, the man is, he, his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, he will not fear. Mm -hmm. Amen. Exactly where it is. I love how the word works because the word always works. God is faithful to his word. And that good fight of faith is a good fight of faith because we always win. Amen. Thanks be to God who causes us to triumph. I was driving down the road the other day and I started singing a song I haven't sung since I sung it in church. Last time I sung it, I sung it in church. I had a solo and I sung it in church. And it was talking about, it, the song talks about Joseph was a ruler in his dreams. His brothers sold him as a slave, never more to be seen. He did not understand he'd rule in Egypt land. And in the time of famine, he saved them all by his hand. What, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. This lesson Joseph finally understood. We're always when we're we're always triumphant, we're always victorious. Though the storms of life may say that hope is gone, we're always victorious. We're always triumphant. Great song. Great song. Great words. Great lyrics. But it absolutely is true. That's why God calls us more than conquerors. Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to leave it here for now. We're going to hook for now. We'll we'll get we'll come back together um, next week. But in the meantime, walk by faith, walk in victory, walk in boldness. Stay in the Word. Keep the Word in your heart and be ready so you can defeat the dark.